Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, where I speak to bands about their 
various precarious vocations. I'm on a summer break at the moment, but a couple of episodes are coming out. There's too many good albums not to talk about, including this one. The Amazons, How Will I Know If Heaven Will Find Me is out on Friday. So here's an episode with Matt Thompson. 101 part-time jobs is supported by 2000 Trees Festival. They've announced rival schools for next year's festival. This year was absolutely amazing. If you want to get tickets at the cheapest they'll be for next year, they're out now at 2000treesfestival.co.uk. Cheers for listening to 101 part-time jobs. Here's Matt from the Amazons. Go well. Cheers. What's your story there with, you know, making it work outside of the band, you know, on a, on a personal level? I had a few jobs and, and some, it's funny that we're having this conversation now because um, a lot of it's kind of come full circle in the last few months. Um, in that one of my first ever jobs out of school was just volunteering at uh, Oxfam Music in Reading. That just came at a time where We'd already, we'd been a band for a while it called Peers. And um, we kind of had a brush with the industry and like a brush with the kind of mechanics of how, you know, it, the, the industry worked in that we um, had an agent and we had management and um, we did play some shows and we were, we had A&R scouts kind of snooping around and, um, you know, we would we would do on we would put on little showcases and play them sets, and it would be like a revolving door of A and R's and stuff. Consequently, we actually met our current label in that process as well, and kind right. of kept in contact over the years. But that band fizzled out because it was it was too much too soon in not in terms of like you know any sort of success to deal with or anything. It was just like to have a team built around us when we didn't truly know what the hell we were doing and we really didn't and it was just such a learning process and we really hadn't had it all boils down to the music and if you can't produce the music um to a to a standard like rec regularly for your own self then it's it's going to fizzle out and you're going to and we were pretty concerned about um you know going out on the weekend and playing fifa and not taking the opportunity by the two by the horns really um mm. so that fizzled out and 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 we just kind of had something to we had to do something you know we'd left school i'd done six form we'd done this kind of like six month period after six form of like right we're gonna make it we're not gonna go to university we're gonna do this and um it, that didn't work out so we just kind of had to fill our time so i did a couple of jobs really i yeah, I, as I said, I um, volunteered at Oxfam Music and that was really awesome in that it was a kind of like creative reset because I wasn't making any music at the time, but I was in a place where I was encouraged to just pick any CD out and anything that I fancied and I put it on the, on the stereo whilst we were working. Um, right. And... I discovered so much stuff, like stuff that I knew was aware of, but I'd never actually listened to properly. Readyhead, OK Computer, I listened to that. And um, Iggy Pop, loads of stuff, like, uh, you know, some blues stuff, but also like classical, just because after a while, you're just like, 
it was this like physical musical library shop thing that I could kind of get my teeth into. Yeah. And it's funny that, you know, I brought this up because we just played like, an impromptu acoustic gig there as like almost a, a, a little dress rehearsal for our in-store tour that we're going to do on like record release week. At, at Oxfam Music in Reading? Yes, yes. Great, great. We announced it the day before and uh, me and Chris turned up, my guitarist, and, uh, you know, it was acoustic guitars and no amplification or anything like that. He had a mandolin and um, cool. we just played a, we played a set and uh, it was absolutely packed. It was so sweaty. You would not believe. Um, <laughs> How did it feel being back in that room, you know, that you'd spent quite a few hours in before? Like no time had changed. Like it was exactly <laughs> the same. I'm right. sure that there still was the same, like, um, you know, like limited edition of like, no, like first pressing of help behind the counter do you know what yeah. I mean like the yeah. kind of like first pressings behind <laughs> so yeah it was cool man it was the same 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 guy kind of um running the place and he, he vaguely remembered me and I did this story before Jumping Through Forever of like we accidentally missed a shift because we were recording a demo of a, a song called Jump Through Forever on our at yeah. Chris's house and uh like you know night fell and I was like oh my god I actually had a shift today shit okay but then we were like but this song's so good Fuck. who cares whatever but no, not who cares but i was like so guilty you know there was some real characters i met there like working with and and you'd get regulars in and all they wanted to talk about would be like live bootlegs of the fall it's like the the, the best time you could ever hear the fall is this like uh bootleg that only five people have from uh the late 90s do you know what I mean like that kind of fan base or like the best Grateful Dead album ever is some impromptu performance they did on a pavilion in wherever in 1982 do you know what I mean yeah I love that kind of sort of fandom yeah it's awesome and it was just cool to be just I don't know just uh exposed to just all these different kinds of people who who would be regulars at the Oxfam Reading and um and for good reason, because we stocked some great stuff. It was definitely one of the best vintage like record stores in the in town. I think a big part about uh, surviving, you know, outside of the practice room or studio or, or on tour, is uh, is finding the time, not only to write but finding the time to discover new music or old music. You know, you read about Odd Future and and a lot of these boundary pushing artists who are crate digging you know every day and maybe for sampling but but also for education it seems like such a vital thing that you need time to discover music that you like in order to to find that inspiration and to find those ideas it sounds like sounds like you had you had time for that at Oxfam Music in Reading very much so and and actually like that isn't too dissimilar to my mentality when I was writing this new record um a lot of like 2020 was based on listening um because i just didn't feel like writing a lot and I, and I know in myself like if i'm not writing then i have to be inputting like i see it writing as outputting and when you're writing and recording especially when you're recording a record you don't actually listen to a lot of outside music yeah um when you're like in the studio and it's in that intensity like your world is that album and that's it and um, it's really hard to kind of get out of that and listen to the depth that I was listening to music, you know, in 2020. So 
and and you know, 2020 was was a weird year, and, and we I we wrote some bits and bobs, but I I kind of made it more of like how do you you know in lockdown like how do you cut up your day and mm. I kind of set myself you know um, like I wanted to watch uh, all the films that I'd never seen before that I knew were classics and stuff so it, that was like a, a nightly ritual of watching these classic films but also during the day um, I got really interested in uh, the 90s as a decade the decade I was born into and I have loads of musical memories in, but actually I've never heard, um, I don't know, uh, oh yeah, Jagged Little Pill all the way through. I've right. never heard that all the way through. So I was like, <laughs> I need to do something about that. Yeah. Or like Lauren, you know, Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Yeah. All, all these insane records that are like in my peripheral and I know about, or like first Nine Inch Nails record. And yeah. Lockdown presented this opportunity to um, listen to like the best of an entire decade, but like methodically working out what I liked and what I wanted to almost like just making a playlist out of all that of the songs that I really resonated with me and stuff. But yeah, that was just, I, it was a kind of methodical aspect to listening because I knew that we just weren't writing that much of the time. So I might as well just, just listen and absorb so much. There's parallels to the seventies, I think in just the range of different music that is so creative and boundary pushing everything from notorious big to um tribe called quest or beck or yeah lanis to system of a down to oasis <laughs> to robbie williams i don't know like do you know what i mean there's just so it was i know if you like put a microscope over any decade <laughs> you're going to get a range of music but mm. i just felt there was something that was really freeing there was a real freedom to music in the 90s and they were, they were all selling a shitload of records as well that helps people were buying records labels were, were fronting the cash i mean those stories those stories of feeding frenzies of you know guitar bands in in, in the north you know around arctic monkeys time it's very interesting from a from like a you know, an industry, a professional point of view. If if you're the person playing in those bands, or or working as a producer, or booking the gigs across the board, you you had the demand and you had the supply. Yes, exactly. And I find moments where there's loads and loads of money in the industry, or like they're like you know, like the '90s, you just think of just astronomical album sales. You, you, that gives labels and label bosses and and scouts like. Uh, a kind of remit or just like uh, the ability to take chances it's just when in the last decade or so where those have, you know dried up and and there's been a bit of a transitional period into streaming about like where's the money and all that stuff i think the choices have been a little bit more conservative there's less chances taken and stuff which is which is sad but the internet has kind of created a situation where even if you're not signed to a traditional record label like there are so many other options and ultimately you can probably it's nice to keep your own streaming money or your own merch money or live money you know your first bands were in in myspace era was it so that that's all you've known is the kind of releasing music in a digital age so i guess it's hard to comment on it but how how has your journey been there you know you mentioned on your old band had a brush with the industry and you know you had an, an agent and a book you know a manager and an agent which is a great big step in the right direction oh yeah i mean maybe you're, you're so in it but how do you think you've navigated that 
That's a great question. I think, well, yeah. So I think it's it's been an interesting one being a guitar band uh, in this time. I mean, I'd say the um, the the landscape even in since our first record, you know, in twenty seventeen, has like changed so much, um, and we've you know you just have to adapt to different ways of. Um, you know, a literal different platforms emerging mm. and mm. learning how to use them as and, and trying to make make it work for you really. Um, but I guess like going back to you know the bands that kind of fizzled out and and moving on from that, we really um, we had kind of like almost like a plateaus like doldrums period. Mm. Yeah. Um, when we were kind of no one, we didn't have a name or anything like that, but we were just still making music. And actually, songs like Black Magic were kind of written around that time before there right. was even a band. Or like, written is 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 such a like um like a, a final word. It's it wasn't. It was just like we started it. If you know yeah. what I mean. There was no pressure then. Oh yeah. I mean yeah. Exactly. There's no pressure that you're putting on yourselves. No one else is. No one else is putting any time frames on you there's no there's no like fan base for you to um play to like uh there's no one to appease or to piss off or anything like that mm. so that's a really freeing time but like it's it's easy to um rose tinted lenses with yeah. that time but yeah. actually i think of that time as kind of my first brushes with kind of poor mental health essentially um i was working at uh, in a supermarket with our bassist, Waitrose, and yes, our bassist is called Waitrose, sorry, uh, our <laughs> bassist Elliot, um, <laughs> and we were working at Waitrose, and my job was to, like, basically get, I had, like, a little um, gun thing, and it had a little, like, screen on it with people's, like, online orders, and then I would, like, go around with this big trolley, and then I would, like, load it into Elliot's van, and Elliot would go off into, I mean, this is Waitrose in Reading, so we were right at the foot of like like right on the outskirts of town essentially and then it's just like hamlets and villages so it would just be like the old people of Berkshire in their villages being delivered to by Elliot and we were putting demo CDs CDs demo CDs into people <laughs> shopping into the basket in the into the baskets no way so you put CD demos in yes. in the shopping for, for Waitrose customers in Reading that's yeah that's fantastic yeah we we feel like there's uh there must be like this hidden fan base in 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 the in the in the villages of berkshire of like a certain age if they're still around to be fair that just kind of play that three song you know three song demo cd but yeah we made it work like we 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 kind of passed the time and and it wasn't actually a bad place to work at all it was like you know you get good perks and like you know there we were so many people our age working it like who'd come to reading university so it was like a kind of weekend job thing obviously yeah. it was a little bit more like during the week when we when we worked weekdays and stuff there was less um yeah. people our age um well you're a shareholder but, uh, at waitrose i worked there myself and oh yeah oh, right a, a fellow partner Fantastic. all of <laughs> all of my <laughs> friends work there in that in our in our small suburban town and you know what? Yes. The perks are pretty good. You know, I don't know any other part-time job that you get a Christmas bonus. Got my first iPod yes. with that. And, it's, yes. and, the, and, the, and the Christmas parties were a riot. 
because yeah. everyone had a plus one. So if half of our mates worked there, then we'd invite the other half of our mates and we'd wow. fucking wreck up the Christmas party. It was wicked. That's incredible. We didn't have plus one. That sucks. But we we had fun with like it was cool. It was it was it was a fun one. It was definitely like the old people and the young people like yeah. separated, I felt. It's a posh ass place. It is, yeah. It is. Um <laughs> but it was the, you know, out of all those kind of jobs it was the best one and hmv weren't hiring i tried that was what i wanted to do because i wanted to just go i wanted to go from oxfam to okay um you know uh you know selling selling at hmv or or even out I like you know apply for like top man and places like yeah. that but uh yeah. no one was biting at the time between that actually that was also kind of weirdly it was a kind of posh place it was this pub called the um Popped kiln in uh, Yattenden. <laughs> no, it sounds fancy. It was, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was interesting. But the, the 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 demographic are very interesting. Like I saw some old dude like drive past with a tank one day down this country road. Like just <laughs> like eccentric characters who uh, have just been out in the country for way too long, <laughs> or have always been in the country. Going um, on, going but, beyond boat shoes and cardigans. Yes, Next exactly. Level. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yeah, there was a lot of just like Ralph Lauren people and, you know, you know, all that, just like everyone wearing those kind of shirts. It was an interesting place to work. That was one of my, that was my first, first serious, serious job. I got it through um, a kid at my school um, when we hit 18. And uh, I was in charge of doing, uh, of like, uh, you know, serving bar food. Uh, right. There was like a restaurant, there was a pub, but there was also bar food. And um, I was shit. I was bad. <laughs> like, I was really bad. But I also don't feel like we were equipped with like the best tools. Uh, for example, we basically would serve everything on like planks of wood. You know, right. just like yeah. moody yeah. Plank, planks of wood. <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. But when you're like serving a, a scotch egg, uh you can see where the problem is there like and there was a moment <laughs> there was a moment uh it was like a really busy shift and i was kind of done with everything but um i walked out of the kind of kitchen area through the restaurant and going outside and the scotch egg fell on the floor and everyone <laughs> looked and i was like oh my god so um hey have you seen we want plates on instagram no i haven't <laughs> give that a follow because it's 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 all posts of of food places where they just give you food on anything but a plate. Perfect <laughs> on all yes. types of different God's shit. <laughs> What's wrong yeah. with these places? It's, it's yeah, I don't know what they're trying to do, but it was not helpful at Pinks all. In a I jam put jar. the scotch egg. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I put the scotch egg back on the plank, walked back into the like the back room where I like a lot. Some of the you know bar food was prepared. prepared. Mm. And the one thing you don't want to do is go back to the kitchen and talk to the chefs. You don't. As like a 17, 18 year old kid, you mm. don't want to do that because they mm. are just, 
they're like ferocious dragons in that um, kitchen. <laughs> and uh, all nice dudes when they're out, lovely mm. dudes when they're out of the kitchen. But as soon as they're in, it's like ferocious, vicious, mm. crazy people. So um, I was never going to go back and ask for another one. So I waited a couple minutes, brushed off the scotch egg, put it back on the blank and water out again. <laughs> yeah. it's good so, for your immune system right a bit of flawed air exactly oh it was only like you know it wasn't there was like no it didn't get like dirty or anything like that i just gave yeah. a little little brush yeah, whatever yeah 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 i'm sure people do worse play worse things at restaurants oh i'm sure of it i'm sure of it but that was a real you know pulling pints for old dudes who want their pint in a particular way to i mean all that kind of all that kind of stuff and I met some real characters there, like some real, like almost like transient people, like kind of passing through. Um, and and it was a weird pub because it was in the middle of nowhere. And uh, so the managers, like the people who were there every day would like actually just live upstairs. <sighs> yeah, not, it, I just, nah, no, not for me. But yeah. it was an education. And then I went on to work at Waitrose. And, and like I said before, like little brush with like mental health in that, um, really developed anxiety and and i think come on like early 20s is like a male early 20s is like prime time if things aren't going your way or i was really putting loads of pressure on myself as you do like of like where's your life going you want to be a musician but you you basically fucked up the chance that you had now i'm still at home living with my parents and i'm in the supermarket every day and and i now i've only just read recently that like the supermarkets, like this kind of sterile lighting and the like insane amount of colors is like quite overwhelming and can be like, it's like a prime place for a panic attack. So over stimulating. So if you're there like eight hours a day, <laughs> you turn into a bit of a zombie, that's for sure. And that's the work as well. Of course, it's quite, you know, that's fairly mundane work. Yeah, I just, I, I, I had like a, I don't know, a couple of panic, panic attacks around that time. But of course, I, I didn't know what the hell was going on. So, mm. you know, one episode was me trying to get my dad to drive me to the doctors, you know, because I thought I was having a heart attack. I'm 21. I'm having a heart attack. And he's like, OK, like, we'll we'll go to the doctors. Yeah, of course. And then as soon as I sit down with the doctor, she's, it's like a really simple, like, are you OK? Like, how are you? Ah, floods of tears. <sighs> Don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'm stuck mm. in a rut and, and all that stuff. Um, and I just want to say, you know, like there was nothing wrong with supermarket. There's actually, I met some amazing people there, like some really good, um, you know, it's good, honest work. I think it was just a, a lot of different things in my, uh, in my mind, basically yeah. just playing and just like building. And then if you don't know that you, if you don't know it's happening, there's no point where you like almost, free up the weight on your shoulders you it just keeps on piling up piling up piling up piling up and then you just snap and then um and that was a that was a real moment life is difficult and confusing you know we all have different things to to battle through and and learn one person's problem isn't any more important or less important than, than others you're going through your 20s there seems to be all these opportunities everywhere but nothing seems to be coming towards you that that's that's a really difficult thing and and it's not just young people it's, it's older people and you know we we do have the world at our fingertips now in terms of you know seeing all these things we could be doing 
And I think that it's really important to be able to give ourselves a break sometimes and, and remember to give ourselves some slack and, and, and know that things do take time. And if you're going in a wrong direction, then it's, it's never too late to stop and turn around. Yeah, I agree. And I, I just want to acknowledge that I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky in that um, I have parents who are, really supportive and and they were cool with me just you know being in my early 20s and you know living at home and and they didn't ask me for rent or anything like that when i look back i'm like damn that was really not a lot of people um not necessarily have that uh, that like opportunity as just like a platform or like a safety net like uh, and, and i think that probably does affect people's chances in music um, whether you're an, an artist or you want to be, uh, if you want to take like internships at labels, for example, like it, it's really difficult. If I was living on my own and had to, uh, you know, pay rent and play uh, and and have a have a job or two jobs, it's really hard, really hard to get your uh, get music going. And yeah. uh, I'm just uh, that is it's worth acknowledging. Like, you know, I don't we don't necessarily come from a lot of money or anything like that i would say it's very typical <laughs> suburban um like kind of setup with my family like my mum was uh as recently kind of retired from the nhs but she was a nurse for 30 years my dad's kind of uh joe was more kind of academic and in, in not an academic but like kind of he works in uh he works in technology essentially um not big tech or anything like that, but like mm. one of his, one of my favorite jobs that he did back in the day before I was even a, a glimmer is I, I think he worked for a bit of um, British aerospace when we had like a space program. Great. He's super clever, man. He's really clever. Let's get him on an but, episode. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, he's, uh, he's been awesome. And, and they're both massive, massive music lovers. So like my house growing up was, an insane eclectic mix of like everything from Bowie to the Vandross to um, dad got into a lot of like world music. Um, and so like we would listen to uh, a group called One Giant Leap or um, Art of Noise or Gotan Project. And just one of my, one of my first music memories actually was going to WOMAD uh, festival where the Reading Festival site actually is now they would do two festivals a summer in Reading. It would be WOMAD, World of Music and Dance, and and Reading. And and WOMAD was like straight up world music. And oh, David Byrne um, headline one year. And I remember seeing him. That was one of my first music music memories. So like, couldn't yeah. have been luckier. I mean, all that stuff, it, it, it all plays a role in in who you are, of course, and, and your experiences. And how will I know if Heaven Will Find Me is out in a couple of weeks? And I imagine a lot of those experiences have gone into the... The making of that record i mean it's it's an album about communication isn't it yes it is um it came it you know what it's a really for me it's uh definitely the most personal work that we've done um lyrically definitely it's it's me just trying to navigate a, a long distance relationship over over lockdown and covid man um yeah. but it actually it, i was still <laughs> actually funny enough i was still trying to navigate the long distance relationship and all the obstacles with that before COVID as well. But it's actually, I found that 
when we went into lockdown, everyone actually was in a, some sort of long distance relationship because, you know, we weren't even allowed to see people in a, you know, a down, you know, 20 minutes drive away at one point. So mm. like that, you're trying to navigate how to love someone when they're absent, essentially, like, how, what does that mean? What does it look like? And it's just really, for me as well, the, the album as a whole is just about like, a kind of like faith in that, not necessarily the traditional um, religious like meaning of the word, but like more of like an inner, the inner faith that you have that things are going to be okay or you're going to see this person again. And if you do, it's going to be great. Like sometimes yeah. that really gives you strength and sometimes it almost works against you and you you kind of question that faith. And uh, that's kind of, yeah, what the record is about. And I think for, for as a band in terms of our journey, you know, from, from, from <laughs> you know, messing up the opportunity with that first, uh, you know, first, uh, man those first managers and that first brush with the industry to get to where we are now. And, and I think making our best music is, um, yeah, it's the fruition of so much, um, you know, learning and experiences of like playing live or songwriting or production stuff. And um, I, I definitely subscribe to the narrative that bands and artists um, get better as they put out music, as they learn more and they apply it more into their craft. Sounds like a really formative experience. Massively, massively. Um, as we were writing it and then when we went into the studio, I was like, this is our best. There's a different feeling. We're so much more focused. Um, and, and not actually that we weren't focused before, but I feel like... Um, it's going to tighten up, right? You're going to yeah, get to know I, each other better and, and see see your direction, exactly. see the road in front of I, you. I feel like to throw like a football analogy in, you could get the same group of 11 players on the pitch like, and give them one plan. If it's like a super vague plan, they, they'll, you know, you'll, they'll do the best of their abilities. But if mm. you make a plan, like a game plan or like tactics that really suit who they are and there's like an idea and a sense of identity um, of who they are and how they play and what they can, what their strengths are and stuff, then they'll be a better team, if you know what I mean. You know, I don't know, Klopp's, you know, first season as Liverpool compared to his third season as with Liverpool, like they were a far better team then, do you know what I mean? Sometimes life has a way. Yes, I agree. And the stars align on stuff. It's up to us to to, to see it, try and be perceptive. And recognise it when it's happened. Well, mate, that's the story with this record, man. Thank you so much for having me. So there he was, Matt Thompson from the Amazons. How will I know if heaven will find me is out this Friday. Cheers for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. Here's Cox Barrow. I've been working all day for me mate on the side Running around like a blue ass fly I've been working, yeah I've been working all day for me mate Every bleeding minute I've been on the go This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.